0: Welcome to episode five of Beyond Books, a new podcast from the staff of the Novi Public Library. My name is David and this Silberman. Is Dana and we have a very special podcast today. Uh, we've got a, a great interview coming up with local author of beautiful music, author Michael Zadorian. He, he was our Neighborhood Library Association choice for the November 2019 Community Reads event. Uh, in which he came to the Novi Library and talked about beautiful music, along with a music accompanied by Luis Resto, a Grammy and Oscar award-winning musician. We just want to spotlight one thing before we jump into the interview. Now that is a new webpage on our website, NoviLibrary.org. This is called Free Online Resources from Home. Now this is found under the Youth tab of on NoviLibrary.org, and these are a bunch of free resources. Um, that our amazing youth librarian staff has compiled to to give you all sorts of great resources, activities uh, of things that you can do from home during these crazy times we live in.
1: Yeah, and they're actually refreshed pretty much weekly. So um, our librarians are constantly on the lookout for new resources and we put them up there. And um, like David said, that they're completely free. So you go ahead and, and check it out. All right. On today's Beyond Books podcast episode, we have local author Michael Zadorian. Michael was actually chosen um, as a community reads author for last year's event in November um, with the the Neighborhood Library Association, and that is... um, encompasses a couple libraries in the area. So Lyon Township Public Library, Northville District Library, Novi Library, Salem South Lyon District Library, and Wixom Library. And um, that event was fantastic. I know anybody who I talked to who went to the event, Michael, said that. They absolutely loved it. And you also had Louis Restrow um, with you as well. He's a Grammy and Oscar award-winning musician. And the accompaniment together of you both was just phenomenal. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Michael.
2: Thanks so much for having me here, Dana. It uh, That was a, a really fun event. Uh, I don't always get a chance to do stuff with uh, Louis. And uh, so when we do get a chance to work together, it's Always fun and uh the audiences tend to really like it too. And plus we had a phenomenal group. I mean, it was it was uh it was big. If you've been to many literary events, uh they usually don't have uh I think there was like a hundred and eighty people or something like that. Yeah, a couple of it was like two hundred. So yeah. Um, yeah. usually if uh uh Um, you know, you get into the double digits with a literary event here, you're like, it's a big win. So, uh, so it's really fun to have uh, 180 people there and you kind of feed off that energy.
1: Yeah. And so when you had come for that event, um, you talked about your book, Beautiful Music. Um, And so can you talk just a little bit about that book?
2: Sure, sure. Uh, That came out in uh, 2018 and it's really a story of uh, a a young a young boy growing up in uh in basically in the early 70s uh in Detroit uh you know in those sort of uh kind of strange and stressful and uh years after the 1967 uprising and uh, there was a lot of stuff in the air at that time there was uh there was You know, all kinds of uh, fear and rage and anger, but there was also all this incredible music in the air through like these iconic radio stations. And it was just an exciting time in, in music. And it's really uh, a kind of a coming of age through music. Uh, Music winds up becoming the thing that, that, that sort of saves Danny, the young man in the story. Uh, He goes through a tough period of his life and uh, rock and roll really kind of uh, gives him the will to keep going and, uh, and, and to just, you know, to, and it gives him purpose in his life and uh, all the joy that uh, he's not getting from school or at home. That's yep. for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a great outlet for him.
0: Now, Dana and I were discussing before uh, we started recording, we were wondering whether beautiful music was at all autobiographical. Um, was that, Was that based on anything in your life? Uh, Was that based on other people you know? Was it just kind of based on the general time?
2: I think kind of all of the above. There's definitely some highly autobiographical elements to uh, to the book. I mean, especially the... The the area where it takes place, which is Northwest Detroit, which is where I grew up. And uh, the high school that Danny goes to, which is Redford High School, uh, also where I went to high school. And, uh, you know, so uh, for me, it was... You know, I went through a period as a writer, you know, you start to think, oh, do I need to to create a fictional neighborhood in Detroit? Do I need to create a fictional high school? And it seemed uh, foolish for me to do such a thing because I knew that neighborhood inside and out. I knew that high school and and it just seemed like, wow, okay." And I mean, even the house Danny grows up in is loosely based on the house I grew up in in that area but uh happily the things that happened in danny's house did not happen in mine but uh very easily i i think and uh that uh you know i feel like i could have been danny had uh a few things uh not gone my way but uh luckily yeah. they did uh because a lot happens to Danny in the book. Uh, it's, uh, you know, he's, it's a, I think it's a really funny book, but there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there about, uh, along with all the music, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there about, you know, school and racism and bullying and, uh, you know, sort of his home life kind of implodes in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, I didn't experience some of those things, but I certainly knew kids that uh, did experience them. So in that regard, those elements aren't as uh, autobiographical as really some of the physical details of the book.
1: Yeah. Dave and I were talking, we're saying that, you know, him and I both are not from that generation, but reading it, we both can relate with some of the things that he's going through, whether it be in school, um, and even just having that music in his life to pull him out of the dark times and make him feel better. I think a lot of people across generations can really relate to your book.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that that's one thing I, I have, I discovered too. And, and even if you weren't, of that of that moment i mean music is just that way i think for people in those kind of formative teenage years you know you're still searching for an identity you're still trying to figure out who you are and and music somehow seems to help it seems to tell you you know reveal to yourself and and to to the rest of the world too who you are and i mean we all still uh, you know wind up being identified in a lot of ways uh, even now by the kind of music you listen to, you know whether you're uh an emo kid or you only like uh death metal or something like that it or the insane clown posse or something like that, it winds up becoming often part of your identity and oh, uh, <laughs> so i don't know why I said the insane clown posse, but it just came to me. <laughs> But they, they definitely made it. Yeah, they have. They, uh,
1: yeah. I feel like I have. heard. Yes, them, yes. They,
2: they've definitely uh, made a lifestyle <laughs> out of that music. They canceled the, uh, the uh, gathering of the juggalos. That's why they were in the news.
0: yeah. Yep. So very sensible of those, uh, of those juggalos. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Social distancing for sure.
0: So Michael, one of the things that I found particularly relatable to beautiful music was, uh, I myself came from a private school for elementary and middle school. So entering high school, I I totally related to Danny's fear of the social pressures of the, the bullying and just, you know, what high school could do to someone that wasn't prepared and wasn't aware of all the downsides. Um, Now, I remember there was a scene where, where Danny and Beautiful Music would kind of zigzag through the halls and just avoid people and a friend of mine and i used to do that and we would call it barry sandersing through the hallway um <laughs> we, love we were both that. a little short and a little small so we could like just squeeze into tight spaces and everything <laughs> but the the nervousness of swimming at first um but i, I could relate to the the swimming scenes uh-huh. Um, um, and one thing I particularly liked was, you mentioned a store, I don't know how many of our listeners might recognize the name Great Scott, um, but it was a grocery store that my my father actually worked at for a long time. Uh, that was the first really? job that I remember him having uh, growing up.
2: Wow. Um, that's that's really great. I love uh, hearing about the uh, Barry Sandersing. That's so funny, <laughs> because no one's ever really brought up that aspect of the book, that that sort of like, uh, this, you know, the kind of like trying to move through the halls with a sort of invisibility and, and without really touching people and without really making eye contact. And, and I do think that is the, the sign of the, uh, of, of the nervous kid, you know, because, uh, and that must've been that way for you too, just to, to go from, you know, sort of, uh, private schools and then go to, high school, which, um, you know, I mean, that could be, uh, like a public high school. Yeah, that could be uh, really shocking. And, and Danny in the book is very much an, an innocent. uh And so he is not at all prepared for, for high school. And also, you know, the, the things, uh, that were happening at the moment, certainly the racial unrest and, uh, and he's terrified of being forced to take drugs. And uh, <laughs> so it, uh, so it's very, yeah. So I think that is something that, that still winds up being relatable, even though the book takes place 40 years ago. And it, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, and just to bring up the, the swimming too, uh, you know the, that first scene in the book where he has to on his very first day of high school has to take what is and a lot of people of later generations don't even believe that uh, people that boys were made to take a nude swim test mm-hmm. and he, it's like people's like don't please tell me that didn't actually happen and I have to I say don't. no that actually <laughs> happened yeah you would oh, have God. to do it on your very first day of high school you would be forced to jump <laughs> stand stand around naked for yeah uh, any amount of time and then just uh, jump into uh, like 12 feet of water and uh, adds to the <laughs> trauma
0: definitely <laughs> yeah now Michael was there a, a an English teacher or anyone that kind of inspired you to go into writing
2: um, you know they're really uh, not certainly not in high school <laughs> Uh, I, um, somewhat of a late bloomer, I think I really didn't even realize that, uh, or even think about writing in a serious or even semi-serious way until my last year of college. And I realized that I, I really enjoyed writing and that I was good at it. And, uh, you know, it was just a strange thing to just have it. And then even then I went to, um, uh, you know, I graduated and, uh, you know, and I started working actually, uh, at an advertising agency as a copywriter. And it wasn't even for a few more years that, uh, until I, I, that I realized that I wanted to write fiction. And, uh, that was a pretty, uh, significant thing for me just because, uh, and even still, I I'd, I did it very secretively. I would I just got up early every day, and I just started to to try and write short stories. And and I didn't really tell anybody about it. I didn't know if anything would come of it, but it just suddenly became important to me. And uh, so I did that for a few years, and then I realized. Well, if I'm really serious about this, I, I ultimately I will need to show these to someone, and so I did decide to uh, go back to go back to college, and uh, start taking some writing classes and. And there I did get some, uh, you know, some encouragement from uh, a couple of different instructors, which was which meant a lot because I I had been working in a a kind of vacuum for a long time. And so to hear uh, someone like like Charles Baxter was one of my early uh, instructors, uh, who's like a really well-respected fiction writer, to have him encourage me and uh, to tell me to keep writing was uh, meant a lot. And, and, you know, the, there's a lot of rejection in writing, in publishing and sending your stuff, uh, your stuff out to, you know, small literary magazines and such. So any kind of encouragement you get can really mean a lot and it can, uh, you know, it can kind of keep you going for uh, <laughs> sometimes it has to keep you going for years Uh, but, uh, so yeah, so it really was kind of late, uh, you know, later in my life that I really became serious about writing. But once I really started to, it became really, really important to me and I just kept doing it. Yeah.
1: And kind of snowballing off of that, um, of how you kind of like got your inspiration and your motivation to write, you know, with your instructors and stuff. Do you have any advice maybe for new writers who are using kind of the quarantine time right now to explore their creativity?
2: Um, sure, sure. I mean, I will say this, uh, that it's a really hard time, I think, to to sort of focus on things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a lot of people and a lot of really professional writers I've just been reading are saying, man, I, I just, I'm having such a hard time getting anything done. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I would try not to be too rough on yourself, but it is an opportunity. It, it truly is. And I'm, I'm surprised that I've been getting some work done during this time, but, um, I'm working on a new book and I, uh, you know, and but I'm also on my third draft of it. Mm-hmm. So, Every everything's there, so it's it's a matter of honing, Fine-tuned. honing, and and focusing on on what is there. If I was working on a first draft of something right now, I kind of think I'd be lost. I I just don't know if I'd be able to do it. You know, that said, sometimes writing can be the best escape too, and the thing that and and it has been that way for me working on this manuscript that I've been working on uh, just, it's, it's a time to not, once I get going in it, it's a time to not think about everything else that's Mm -hmm. going on. So it can be really valuable, uh, you know, to just have suddenly if you find yourself inside and with a lot of extra time, it could be, it could be phenomenal for uh, someone who's just starting to get serious about it or someone who's always Mm -hmm. been, you know, wanting to, to write more and just didn't have the time for whatever reason.
0: Now, just as writing is a great escape um, from all the craziness of the world right now, uh, reading is as well. Uh, now, you mentioned uh, your newest book coming up soon, that is The Narcissism of Small Differences. Can you give us a little uh, preview of what that is going to be about sure, sure it's uh it's actually coming out a week from today um,
2: which will be i don't know when this will drop as they say in the podcast world
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: but uh, it's coming out may 5th so uh yeah it is um Takes place in 2009 Detroit, uh, which was a period where things were we were kind of at our nadir there uh, at, at that point, and so it is a period piece. But it, it's about uh, a couple who live in an area very much like Ferndale that is actually called Ferndale <laughs> in the book. Uh, so, uh, um, and it's really kind of about a, a couple's sort of. Uh, midlife crisis really I, I it's a kind of a creative class kind of gen x couple who um you know they they have the they sort of live in a, a sort of you know a circle not unlike the kind you find in ferndale a lot of there's a lot of artists here and musicians and writers and people doing creative stuff and and uh that's sort of their circle. And in, in a lot of ways it is, uh, it's a comedy of manners, I think. So it takes place definitely in this particular social strata. And, and so it's about this couple, he's a writer, uh, kind of a failed fiction writer and she's a, a, a really successful sort of advertising art director. And as they, they come up on, living together for uh almost two decades they sort of have this you know kind of midlife crisis and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do and and she's not so sure that uh what she's doing is really what she wants to do so it's very much about it's about work it's about a sort of identity kind of finding yourself through work and and also the families we make around ourselves as we uh as we get older and uh so but it's a it's a really funny book I, I wanted it to be funny i wanted to there's a few authors that i just really enjoy there's one called Don powell who did these really funny comedies of manner manners in the 40s and 50s in new york and they were always filled with creative people and witty dialogue and and uh funny people and so I really wanted to write something like that, but I also wanted to write about Detroit at this really low point where people were sort of not sure what was going to happen. I mean, it, it looked like the auto business was, was going to fail. And so it was, it was an interesting time to uh, have it take place uh, just because, and as it turns out, I wrote the book during that period. I And uh, No one was really interested in a a comedy of manners about Detroit uh, 10 years ago, turns out (laughs) what a surprise. But, you know, since then the, the conversation about Detroit, the national conversation about Detroit has changed significantly and uh, suddenly there was interest. And, and uh, so when I reread the book, it was like, Oh, this is definitely a period piece. And uh, so it'll be an interesting, um, you know and, and all the books are are their own little you know whatever journey sorry uh but um so this will be a different kind of book it's very different from my other books like the leisure seeker and uh, beautiful music and uh second hand is probably my first novel is probably the the closest uh it comes to because uh it's almost like the characters in second hand uh were somewhat in the same kind of realm kind of creative people and and, uh so so it's it's always interesting and and it's probably not to my advantage as a writer that i i write books that okay this one has a completely different audience as the other one and 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 the people who like that other one very well may not like this one and uh you know so but you know i just wind up i wind up writing what i wind up writing and that's that's always been my rule to to just sort of Go where the writing kind of leads me and uh, I, I don't tend to write the, you know, I think all my books have some similar themes and ideas to them. But they 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 kind of take place in uh, with different characters and different uh, whatever milieu's or I don't know yeah you know so it, it it'll be interesting to see what happens but uh, it's all it's all interesting I'm thrilled to have another book come out because it's it's still hard to get a book published.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I can't wait to read it. So May fifth is when it comes out. So to keep 5th. my eye out for it.
0: It's like it should be a holiday. I'm sorry. It, it's like they there's a holiday scheduled for, you know, the publication of your book. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> That's right. Perfect That's time to right. celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's easy for everyone to remember that Michael Zadorian's new book drops on May 5th. <laughs> That's right. Cinco de Mayo. And uh yeah, so it's with uh Cache Books
2: and they're the same people that did beautiful music and uh yeah so i think it'll be funny it'll be interesting i'll be doing i don't know if the podcast is going to uh, come out before then but i'll uh, i'll be doing a, a a zoom event on that day and uh so it should be uh, never done one of those before so it should be interesting
1: yeah that's awesome um so what kind of uh books are you reading right now have you been reading anything good
2: well you know we were talking about uh, not being able to focus yeah. i've been able to focus somewhat on my writing but reading i think i've started like seven books and wow. it's it's uh you know so and i'm kind of reading them all but i'm kind of not reading them all too yeah but uh i have been uh reading a book called 1971 which is uh all about that year in music i've also been reading the world according to fanny davis which i was really enjoying and um, I know there's a couple other ones too <laughs> that I'm reading Mark Marin's uh, uh, Waiting for the Punch too. And uh, so, and, and I, you know, something, and I know there's one or two other ones too. And so I'm enjoying them. And then, and then something happens and I start something else. Yeah. So I love hearing about how little...
1: people read, you know, because I know a lot of readers they start one book and they have to finish it, put it down and they start a the next one. But I love hearing how, you know, that you're reading seven books at once. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> it's like whenever yeah. you wake up in the morning, you're like, well, I feel like reading this book today. And then that's what you pick up. So.
2: Yeah. yeah. There, there's a yeah. certain you amount your of Yeah. Well, I would say part of it is, is definitely due to, uh, the the times mm-hmm. what's going on right now and uh i'm i'm finding that and i mean a lot of people are talking about what they're binge watching and i honestly haven't even been able to do that i i it's like oh okay maybe i'll watch an episode of that and and i want desperately to have something to like throw myself into and it uh just doesn't seem to be happening mm-hmm. so yeah i think a lot of people are going through that too right now so i think they uh, yeah. are
0: now, uh, you mentioned that music is just, it, it's such an important, um, not just escape or refuge, but an, an important part of um, inspiration and daily life. So what kind of music do you like? Um, you know, I, I,
2: <laughs> if there's anything that makes me generally roll my eyes, it's when somebody says that they have eclectic tastes in music. <laughs> <laughs> but um i have to say i i do like a lot of different things mm-hmm. i try to I, you know i'm still interested in, in in music now i um i love lots of uh older music uh you know i'm i i really enjoy jazz i like uh I, you know certainly i like the the music from the the era of beautiful music some of that stuff and uh you know i will listen to i probably i do like a lot of like alt country and um you know i i will uh i'm sort of all over the place but and it's certainly you know old school funk and soul and uh i, I love all that and to the point where i i actually started in, here in ferndale we have uh it's a t- very tiny community radio station and uh they were taking volunteers and so i i started doing a radio show there weekly and uh called Retro Groove and it's um predominantly old music older stuff of the last probably the last 50 60 70 years but uh but also mixed in with uh, new music that sounds that has a, a retro feel mm-hmm. to it and uh so it, it uh it's that's been i i can't even imagine i couldn't even imagine how much fun it had it turned out to be mm-hmm. but uh so so yeah there there you go i <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great answer i realized but uh no it's good hey was that what was that pancake the
0: dog did i hear dog um he's he's kind of snoring <laughs> in the background here <laughs> last question for you then um would be what would you be if you weren't an author um
2: well considering the fact that i spent uh, many many years as a advertising copywriter uh i you know i've I would have probably just still kept doing that actually. Uh, but you know, in some ways, I mean, that was what, um, uh, basically, underwrote my literary career for uh, a number of decades. Really. I was just, that's how I was able to, uh, have time to write. I worked part-time at, uh, Cambly, advertising in Detroit and Warren and, uh, They let me, they actually let me work part time. So I, I had my mornings free to write and I would come in there in the afternoons and uh, make a living as a copywriter. And if I hadn't discovered that, uh, you know, that's a a really good question as to what I would have ended up doing. I really, I really don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I've always been interested in journalism, but again, that's yet another form of writing. But uh, I did have uh, for a long period in in college, I did uh, aspire to like a a uh, career in broadcasting. So, you know, and uh, so maybe I would have done something like that. I don't know. Uh, You know, but it uh, I'm glad I discovered writing. I feel really fortunate that uh, that I found it and uh, in all the different iterations that I've I've. Uh, worked in and with, uh, you know, I've, you know, I feel really lucky that I I found it because not everybody finds what they really want to do in life. And uh, I was lucky enough to find it.
1: Yeah. I love the saying, love or uh, do what you love, love what you do. So I think you've probably found that Michael.
2: (laughs) I think, uh, I think I've been really lucky. Yes. I, I think I have.
0: And I think we we've been really lucky to have you on today, so I, I do want to thank you for joining us now. if you ever find yourself wanting to get back into that broadcast career, uh, we'd love to have you on as as a co-host on the podcast anytime all right you might re- you might live to regret that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, so thank you so much, Michael, for being here to talk about Beautiful Music as well as your upcoming book, The Narcissism of Small Differences, which, like we said, is coming out May 5th. If um, you didn't get a chance to read Beautiful Music last year when we had him for our Community Reads event, um, Hoopla Digital is actually, they have the audiobook and the ebook version of Beautiful Music right now. So you can go on there, log in with your library card, and um, check out that book and read it.
3: Hello everyone, this is Katie here once again to bring you this week's Book Bites. I'm happy to be sharing with you a little bit about the book I've been reading this week The Library Book by Susan Orlean. A New York Times notable book and Reese Witherspoon book club pick, this bestseller was described by the National Book Review as a masterful tribute to libraries. In her book, Susan chronicles the devastating Los Angeles Public Library fire of 1986 which resulted in the damage and loss of over 1 million books. It's considered one of the worst library fires in history, and how it started is still unknown. Orlean provides an in-depth look at not only the day of the fire, but the history of the LA Public Library and libraries as a whole, as well as their value to our society. I would highly recommend this book to anyone who loves books or libraries. That's all for Book Bites this week. Talk to you later.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond Books, um, special author edition with Michael Zadorian. Um, before we head out, though, um, you know, we're just going to talk a little bit about what we're currently reading and watching. So, David, what are you reading and watching right now?
0: Well, I just finished a book called Beautiful Music by, ironically, <laughs> a local author, Michael <laughs> Zadorian.
3: It was a really wonderful read. <laughs>
0: of- um, and as far as what I'm watching, I've been watching... Uh, the ESPN documentary called The Last Dance about the, the last year of the Michael Jordan Bulls dynasty. The last, episode, the last episode or two got into the whole rivalry with the Pistons, so that was a really entertaining watch. And the other thing I've been watching is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, just a little uh, silly sitcom just to hmm. lighten the mood a little. How about you, Dana? So what are you I'm, reading and watching?
1: As well, of uh, Beautiful Music, which I'm loving. Um, and, uh, for watching, I actually just found a show on Netflix called the chef show and, um, they make really good food. I'm, kind of getting into more making of like sourdough breads and stuff like that. And so one of the episodes was about sourdough. So of course I had to watch it. And from there I was hooked because they were making grilled cheese sandwiches. And, and of course I was watching this at, you know, 11 PM at night and wanted to go make myself a grilled cheese sandwich, but um couldn't do that, <laughs> but it's really good. So if you love cooking and you want to watch people make really good food, check out the chef show.
0: I think you might've just uh, inspired me oh, yeah, to so make good. a sandwich here. <laughs> That is our episode for today. Once again, this is Beyond Books, a new podcast from the staff of the Novi Public Library. You can find us on Anchor.fm, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and coming soon to the Apple Podcast Store. We hope hope we've informed you. We've inspired you. And we hope to include you soon. You can give us feedback by emailing us at podcast at novilibrary.org. Yep, so send us
1: your your feedback, your questions, anything you want, and um, we will, you know, might answer them on the podcast, or, you know, we shall see. So thank you so much.
0: You can even record an audio message for us uh, with a question or, or a comment or anything, and we can include that right in the show. So once again, podcast at novilibrary.org and you can record an audio message from our anchor.fm page